like we're supposed to talk about prayer and like I don't mean like praying kind of maybe what we're used to when we first think of it, but like seriously, like praying, praying. A word is totally in alignment with who he is and like the like kingdom realities come come into our prayers when we're praying according to his will, you know, and our hearts just totally are in that alignment and like atmospheres change when, when we declare things, when we're praying things like Jill was singing earlier, like that's like so important that we have our heart in alignment. Um, and some of us here, we, we have been seasoned in prayer or, or not. Um, and I just want to pray against any like uh, doubt you may be having in your prayer life right now. So Father has asked, um, pray against any, any disbelief, any doubt that they're not hearing from you, that, that they're not able to talk to you, but you have that communication with them. So Father, I ask you to strengthen that connection and just uh, build a stirring within our hearts to, to know you more. Amen. And if you are struggling, um, I did a talk a month or so ago at CR, and um, I created a document for myself a few years ago to kind of like align things um, to help me, my prayer life, and I made one for CR. It's two pages, really small. It's really practical to kind of like a jump start for your prayer life. If you want that document, um, just let me know. I can send it to you, a PDF file. Um, and it's super just practical things of um, how to get going, I guess, and then from there kind of flow uh, with, with how you want to pray for them. So um, prayer is obviously super, super important. Jesus talked about it all the time from Sermon on the Mount to the, where am I at? Uh, all of that discourse, his whole life, his whole ministry, he talked about prayer. So obviously, it's super important for us to get to have an understanding of it because we can't be able to connect with him if we don't have the relationship. Any relationships, obviously, we need to have that connection. And if we're not connecting, if we're struggling with that, it's going to be hard to, to know his will if we're not engaging with him. So that's kind of like the main point of prayer in my mind. We need to connect with him so we can obey him, abide in him, have all these things that we're, we're thinking about, these things we're praying into, seeing these things happen, so we need to, like, connect so we know what they are, because it says praise, will, and all those kind of things. Um, so kind of, like, I want to set, like, a kind of like a basis uh, of my thoughts and my ideas of prayer, and then um, at the end, I feel like we're just kind of step, supposed to step into intercession, um, so we'll get through some stuff, and we'll get to praying. Um, the best thing about prayer, in my mind, is we... We don't have to, like, think we have to have the exact words. There's no formula. There's no ABC thing. There's no words that we exactly say that's, like, perfect, you know? And he, get, he gives us the words. It says, John 12, 11 through 12. I'm reading most of my stuff today. is going to be uh, New King James. I've been listening to a lot of Corey Russell, and, like, that's all he does, New King James. So um, now, when they, when they bring you to the synagogues and the magistrates and, the, and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in the, every hour what you ought to say. So if we have fears of what we're supposed to say, like, he gives us the words. I remember hearing, I remember hearing that for the first time. I'm like, shoot, that's so simple. Just come, come with my mind open, closing my eyes, and say, Lord, just... Give me the words to pray for this person. Like when I first started praying for the sick, like um, I didn't, I thought there was some certain like thing I needed to say to see this thing happen. But no, just just say, just pray for it. You know, let let him give you the words, and the and Holy Spirit will give you the words in that moment. And one of the biggest things, like I've been hearing, I think um, Laura talked about earlier about, or um, 
I forget who it was, but someone uh, said about like that, uh, the, the throne, picturing the throne like when we, when we are. So believing and knowing that we have his ear and his hand when we're praying. Like even imagining that in my own mind, like literally, like I, I, had a, I was at K-Hop one time and I, um, I remember that he, like I saw this picture where he was like, had my like, he was like caressing my face, you know, it was weird, but like, he was like caressing my face, and I'm like, I'm that close to him. I'm that close. So like when we're praying, know, like believe and know, like we have his ear. Like we're not just speaking things and they're going off. He is, he is right here listening to us. So we need to believe that. We, that's why like um, the best prayer is, the, I mean the worst prayer is a prayer that's not said. If we don't say it, how is he supposed to know? Yeah, he knows in our hearts, but like I think it's, when we declare that thing and say it out, that just speaks more power with it. So just knowing that, knowing that we have his hand and his ear at like super close distance. And one of like things this, this past few months even, I think I've known it in my mind, but I've never really done it in my prayer life till like recently. Because I feel like we all, when someone says pray for us, oh, it's like, oh, we'll just add it to our list, you know? But like, in my mind, since like reading things, I'm like, we, we don't need to come in with our list. Yes, there's things in our heart we need to be praying for, but let's come in for him. Come in from him first, then we can get to that. Because if we're trying to go straight to that stuff, it's going to be hard. We need, we need to go in for him first, then we can get to that, you know? And... It's just not to hash that thing out because it just sounds like a laundry list. And is, if is, is there real emotion in that? Is there really connection in that when we're just saying, oh, pray for this person. I just pray, lift them up. I lift them up. I lift them up. But like when we connect with him, there's going to be way more intimate relationship, but that way more intimacy in that prayer. When we enter in for him, then we get to that. Like, oh, like now, Lord, like get into it, you know? So we need to like sitting with him, hearing from him, and receiving. I think that could be so hard. Um, because we all just want to move around. We want to do, we want something going on. We got people who walking around need to do something. And we just need to sit, sit in here. And that can be so difficult, but I'm trying to improve on it. Just, just sitting and being with him. Because if we're not taking the time, how are we supposed to get revelation? How are we supposed to hear what he's doing if we're not taking the time to listen? Um, it's like one of the things, like I'm just abiding. Abiding is so key. This is John uh, 15 7 if you abide in me and my words abide in you you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you so when I was like been, I've been going through the gospels the past few months so like that, the first part of abiding in me and my words in you and that just gets me like when we abide with him then his words become ours we don't have to worry about our theology. We don't have to worry about whatever it is. If we abide in him, then he's gonna, our words will be that, and our prayers are going to be in that place because we're spending that time. Now, because we're doing that, now our prayers are going to line up with who he is. And then I bought this book, like, it took, like, two months to get this book. I bought it back in, like, March, and I got it, like, two weeks ago. But it's an incredible read. Like, the first page, I took a picture and sent it to Lee, Laura, and Jill, I'm just, I was like wrecked. I even got home after CR. I got in the mail. I was stoked to read it. First page, I'm like, I'm done. Like, I'm done for the night. But it's so good. 
And it's, it's, the, it's, all, it's called Adoration by Martha Kilpatrick. It's all about Mar, um, Mary of Beth, Bethany. She's like my favorite person right now in the Bible. Just, she doesn't do much, but her actions are so awesome. That's the first page of this book. It's, it's wild. I can find it. It's the first one. It should be beautiful book. Page seven. That's why I got distracted. Uh, all right. Mary was also found at Jesus' feet. She sat at his feet for instruction. She fell at his feet in suffering. She anointed his feet for burial. She wiped his feet in gratitude. The complete life encounter of God here sketched, drawn, and colored on Mary's experience. Feet are the most common part of us. We are grand and glorious creations, but feet remind us we are all commonplace on level ground. Feet, just, feet are just for gripping earth and moving. Nothing nobler can, can they do. Feet are humble, touching the earth, and yes, representing that common reality. The rest of us can float in grandiosity, but there are ignoble feet living in the grimy real. Before Christ washed his feet, before washed the feet of his closest followers, Mary washed his feet. Only the two Marys and Jesus were washers of feet. Of all who followed, she embraced this ministry of the feet. I don't know, just every time I just get into the whole like her just sitting there and coming to him, like um, her, her sister Martha, she just goes, oh, you got all these things going on, but your sister, she's got it right. She comes right to him. Martha is distracted by the world, distracted by everything else, but Mary's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to gaze upon you. I'm going to come to your feet. I'm going to sit. I'm going to hear. I'm going to receive what you have for me in, the, in, in this time. And um, kind of, I think it was like when, during when quarantine started, upper room, they started like this uh, Bible study every morning at 10 a.m. And whenever I wasn't working, I was tuning in because it was fire. And um, we were going through Matthew 26, one of the days, and uh, one of the leaders made this comment about Mary and like the oil specifically. And she said, our time is our oil. That's so good. <laughs> And it's like, the, it says the oil of Mary had, um, was real expensive, and it said like 300 denario. I'm not sure what the equivalence of that is, but I guess it was a lot back in the day. And um, I guess it's believed that that oil that she anointed Jesus with still lingered on the cross. That, that, that fact blew my mind. I'm like, that's days. That's days. And Mary's oil, was that, her, that fragrant was so potent and so that strong her, and it's, if, if our time is our oil, just imagine, imagine her time. Like, so I begin to think, what's my, what's my fragrance? Like, what's my oil like? And that just hit me. I'm like, shoot, like, am I spending that time? Am I in that time abiding with him? And oh, it just, it makes me just want to, I want my fragrance to be that, you know? I want my oil to be like a big jar, you know? So that it, it is, it is lasting. It is, it is on and on. I mean, just spending that time because we have so much going on. It can be hard to abide because if we, if we're distracted, if we get easily thrown off, 
But, but, but when we do it, though, when we do it, it's like, why do, why do I ever not do this? Why do I not step into this place when I have the time to? Um, so off of that, uh, now, like, now we know that we need to abide. Now it's, we need to know who we are talking to. Because if we don't know who we're talking to, it makes it a little more challenging. Because prayer, I think, it, it begins with God, and faith flows from knowing God. Matthew 16, now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his, asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? I think that's a question that we all are thinking, or our whole journey, who, who, does he, who is he? Who is the Son of Man? Is he a teacher? Is he a prophet? Is he a wise man? He's either going to be, he's either a liar or he is God. Straight up. I mean, either, he is either who he is saying he is or he's, he's fooling the whole world. And like when we're going through scripture, when we're going through um, this whole journey, we begin to see through scripture, like descriptions and other things of, of who he is. And even the, the Bible gives us like words, like in uh, Ephesians 1. So he's the father of glory. James, the father of lights. Hebrews 12, father of spirits. Then in Psalms 29, it says that his voice thunders. That one, ooh, I don't know about that one. Just When it says his voice thunders, it's just so powerful. Um, father of mercies, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. Blessed be the God. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So even like reading that an example, if we're going through things, what, what stood out there? Anyone want to shout it out? I'm a gym teacher. Just throw it out there. He, he comforted people. He comforted people. I mean, so when we see that, now we know he is comforter. We, he is comforter. So now we know, like, oh, because of that, we know, we know who he is now. We, we begin to see who he is when we begin to read scripture. Luke 15, um, he's the prodigal father. And this one is, I've had some cool revelation about this lately. And it's, it's a five-fold revelation of who the father is. When you read it, um, when he sees, he sees the son in the distance, he, he sees him. He is, the father isn't angry at him. He has compassion for him. He ran toward him. He didn't walk. As soon as he saw him, he ran. Like, come on. Like, he ran toward him. Come on. And, um, and when he got there, he embraced him. So, like, he sees him. He isn't angry with him. He had compassion for him. He ran toward him. He embraced him. Like, that, that's who the father is. That is who he is. And knowing that fact, like knowing, knowing that, you know, then we begin to see like whatever it is, he's, gonna, he's still going to be that person. He's still going to be that father that he is in Luke 15 no matter what, you know. And this is like, this totally side note from like Luke 15, but uh, both of those sons, they aren't in the father's house. They're both outside doing their own thing, you know. And that, oh, that just gets me going too, like. They aren't in his house. They're not with him. So, like, the father comes out and he sees this. So, like, both sons are stuff going, but that's later, you know. Um, 
And even uh, we can look at Revelation 4. It still talks about him there. We see the throne room, uh, the rainbow around the throne, in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the throne were set 24 elders, clothed in white and had crowns of thorn, of, of gold on their heads. I think this Revelation even 4, that's a, it's a prophetic picture of Matthew 6. That's like the Lord's Prayer. Um, like when, that's like how he wants us to pray according, like according to that, like from that place of what Revelation 4 is and how it connects with there. So Matthew 6, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our, our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. I don't know, just think, thinking about that with the, that perspective of Revelation 4 um, totally changes my mindset and picture of who he is. And I don't know, it, just, it makes, you, makes, makes you see him more rightly into who he is. Going, going from that place of the throne room and being in there and praying from that place of knowing that, it totally just changes, changes our hearts toward him and how... how who we're, who, we are, who we are talking to. And I think when, when we begin to realize this and when we, begin, when we begin to abide in him, we begin to read scripture to know who he is, we begin to build up confidence. Build up, we build up that confidence and be in that place of victory, praying from that place of knowing him, praying from that place of knowing his will so that we, so that we, are, we are pulling strongholds down, we are pulling these things down because we are praying according to who he is. Like, Champion, oh, that song just has all the glory on it. Like, it, it says, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna break, the walls are coming down when, when we declare these things. When we declare his word, we just declare his will, it's coming down. And when we, when we grasp that and start running with that, knowing that, things change. And it's coming from that place. We could be lazy and not, not wanna do it, whatever the thing is, but we need to put that in our hearts that we, we have authority. Come on, man. Um, Matthew 8, 6 through 8. Um, how did I even get here? Um, Matthew 8, 6 and 8. Lord, my servant is, my lying, is lying at my home paralyzed, dreadful, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Uh, see, I don't know, just, just, he didn't need to lay his hands on, on this Roman centurion. He, just, he notices the faith of, the, of this like, Roman who comes to him. And he says, oh, it'll, it'll be done for you. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't need to go there to lay hands, doesn't need to do anything fancy. He just goes there and um, he's, cause he, cause he sees his faith and he's like, he's gonna be a dog, like, don't worry about it. I think it's important that as, even as we did today, like since we didn't like touch people, we didn't, we called people. Like when we're praying, we don't need to like lay hands. Yes, we can, it's, there's scripturally there, but we, we can still pray for people because our words travel and they, they carry kingdom authority when we pray them, you know? 
So we can still pray these things without actually laying hands, doing these things. And even noticing Jesus when he, like, he prayed this, he, he prayed from that place of authority, like we said earlier, that place of authority. Jesus knew who he is. He's the son of God. And he prayed from that place, and he's like, you are healed. And it was simple. And same thing in the story of the uh, lame man in John 5. He tells him to pick up his mat and walk. He doesn't do some lengthy prayer, doesn't go on and on and on about casting something out, spirit of this come out, whatever. He just says, walk. <laughs> and he walks. And we have, we have that. We have that. And I think what we were saying earlier, we need to believe that we have this because our minds... We don't think that sometimes, we, or we get so caught up in something else, and we don't believe that we have that authority. Um, even like the declarations, like uh, Joe was saying earlier, I think I was she sent me those that list too. But looking at those things and declaring those and being confident in our prayers, it's just so important. I think being strong in that is super key. Being confident in what we're saying, even it may not be pretty, it may not be perfect, but being confident in what we're praying. And John uh, 11 and 18, Jesus speaks about not giving up, knocking until the door opens. In the same way a widow sees breakthrough from an unjust judge, what, what, can, he do for, what can he do for us when we are fueled by intimacy with him and we're not giving up? So like, if, we, if our hearts are truly aligning with, he, with who he is and we really want what he is wanting, imagine his thoughts for us when, when, we are, we, when, we, when we want to be so close to him that we will just continue, continue tearing with him, continue being with him because it's, it's what his will is and we won't stop. And it's going to create a hunger and a desire in our hearts to be with him and he's going to be so thrilled. He will be ecstatic when we get to the place, he's going to be so excited. He's like, my sons, my daughters want to spend time with me. They want to, they want to party with me in the prayer room right now, and they just want to get in and see things happen. I just believe that the church, the church is calling to them. We, we see what's going around. We see what's happening in this world, and we, we don't know what's going, to be, what's going to happen next. And I think the church, we, we need that awakening call. We've been saying it on Thursday nights a lot. Just, there's a yes. There's a yes going on in the church. We've been, we've been responding to it, you know. But I think it's we put action to that now. We put action to that. And this is just the plug even Thursday nights even more. Like, seriously, we've had, since we've come back, I think it's been really, it's been, it's been good. It's been really good. So if you, if you are having trouble, like I was talking earlier, abiding, sitting with him, come to Thursday nights. You don't have to do anything. You just sit here and just, just receive. Just receive. Because it's super good. Like even um, Thursday night, um, I think we were sharing testimonies, and it was just so good. Just again, testimonies are so important and so just powerful. Uh, yeah, so I think as the body, as the body, when we begin to truly step into this place of prayer corporately, we're going to see this nation transformed. And I think that's where he's calling us now, just my thoughts. Because we have this yes, and we think Lee's been saying, you know, that we've been too silent for too long as, as the body. 
And it's time that we step up into who we are, praying from the place of who he is, calling these things down and seeing, seeing this nation turn back to him because that's what it's about right now. This, we, need, we, need, we need him so badly in this country right now. And it's a crucial hour. It's a crucial hour. And it's time that we, we hit, our, hit the ground. Hit the, hit the ground running, literally, but in prayer, you know. And we'll begin to see these things happen. So I think um, when, we, when the church per- perseveres in prayer and is rooted in intimacy, and the, the body knows who he is, and when we don't stop, just imagine that, like, when we, we hear these stories about revival, they, they were getting after it. They were doing their thing, and he, he, he answered them. Uh, but are we, are we willing to do that? And that's, that's what it's coming down to. Do we want it? I mean, that's, we can see, we can see. We, we've been praying Thursdays for the, for the city, for Kalamazoo, Otsego, and all these things, declaring, declaring that this, that this is um, like I don't remember exact words, but um, that, you know, it's, there's freedom here. There's freedom in Atsigo. There's freedom in Kalamazoo. That, that he is moving in these places. And when we corporately join that prayer, there is power in that. And I've one of my this guy. Um, he was a uh, I went to this place in Toledo for a while where I just totally got stirred up, and he loved Leonard Ravenhill, so like, I have a few Leonard Ravenhill quotes that just get me going, um, and there was so much truth behind them, uh, this first one, I'll tell you the secret of getting revival in the church, find half a dozen people that know how to groan in prayer, like, we don't need It's this, the small number when they, are, when they truly know how to pray, when they are tearing for him, when they are getting after it, he is listening. I mean, a few nights where after live stream's done, like we'll keep going or we'll go past even when people or everyone else is gone. There's only a few of us left. He is like, I think it was like three or four Thursdays ago. I think it was like four or five of us left. Gary was just DJing us out. And we... <laughs> I was on the ground over here. They were, like, all over here praying, and that night, like, I had to call off work the next day. Like, it was, I couldn't, I couldn't go into work. We were just so wrecked. He, he was so present that night, and stuff like that, when we corporately joined together in that, that prayer of seeing him come, like, unity, like, unity in our prayers. If we have different things we're praying for, but when we come together praying for revival, praying for an awakening, praying for healing. There's so much power in that. And when, I think that's emphasized so much right now. We need to see that. And we need to see, we need to join together in that prayer. I think we had that um, prayer list or prayer shield thing going on. And that's, we need to not just give us, give us the hand that Bob gives us and just throw it away. But look on the back and see that. See what Monday is, see what Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is, and begin to do that together. Because when we, when we do that, when we take that activation, that step, that's when he's going to move. Like, there's so much power in obeying, obeying him and taking that step. Like, we can, we can say we're going to do it, but until we actually do it and take that step, it's not going to happen. Um, 
I was, and I wanted to like kind of uh, recap some of the stories that she that Lee's been saying, and then I just felt like we were supposed to pray for most of most of what I wanted to do. Um, so like uh, earlier, I think a few weeks ago, she's talking about the Layman's Prayer Revival in the 1850s in New York. Um, only six people started going to this prayer prayer meeting. Six people, so that's way less than we have here. And it doubled every single week, and they just kept going and going and going. And it doubled, doubled, and doubled. And the whole city was like, getting transformed because they kept showing up. They said, I think I said I was um, reading something about it. And it said that um, the news reporter was trying to figure out what... Um, He's trying to cover it, and he like run to a bunch of places, and he didn't have time to or whatever it was. But um, and like the workers, I remember I was there's one thing commission the city. It's like a thing of YWAM. They're doing like a uh, series on revivals. It's really sweet. Look it up. Um, but they're saying that the the construction workers, they would, as soon as the bell would ring for lunch, they'd book it to the nearest church. They'd run to the nearest church to pray. And I, I begin to think of, like, shoot, like, well, I mean, I couldn't do that. I mean, if wherever I'm working, like, I'm not sure I could do that. But just picturing all, like, hundreds of people just running to the nearest church to pray, to get in his presence, to pray for their city. Like, if, in, if America did that, like, I'm, I think I began to think of, like, businesses, if they just used to see all these people coming down from the um, skyscrapers or whatever are getting it in cities, and you see just droves of people running in, in the streets of the cities to churches. And that would be wild. People are like, oh, what's going on? Is there another riot? But no, they're just, they're going to pray. They're going, they're, they're going to see, going to see this strongholds taken down. And that would be, that would be crazy. It'd be all over the news, you know? Well, I mean, unless they censor it and who knows, but, um, <laughs> but it'd be wild. People would be going, like, what's going on? And they'd probably, they'd probably follow them. Go, we're gonna go here. Then he's gonna show up, and they're gonna keep coming back, and it's just build and build. And like, I think that's probably what happened in New York. Those six people, they started seeing these people run to the churches, and like, oh, what's going on? And then it doubled. It kept doubling. And then um, last week, William Seymour moved from Texas to LA. Thought he was supposed to do this one, this one at this one church. Gets rejected. <laughs> Goes into fasting and praying, being with him being with the Lord, then the Azusa Street Revival breaks out. He spends that time after he fails. He doesn't give up. He keeps going. And there's so many stories, you know? Even the Hebrews, the first night uh, of that, Duncan Campbell preached nothing happened. No miracles, nothing. Then, a de then it says a, a deacon stood up in the aisle and said, God, you can't fail us. God, you can't fail us. You promised to pour water on the thirsty, and floods upon the dry grounds. God, you can't fail us. Next night, 800 people came. Holy Spirit broke out. <laughs> Again, they didn't give up. Just because we're not feeling something, we're not seeing things happen, doesn't mean we need to stop. Because I feel like some of us, someone's going to say, oh, you know, my shoulder hurts. Oh, then someone's like, oh, I'll pray for you. Well, they pray for it once or twice, and that's it. And that frustrates me so much. Like, I go on, like, I hated, I think for the reason when I was, like, younger in my faith, someone would say, oh, I'll pray for you. And I'm like, are they really, like, are they really going to go home and do that? So I began to, whenever, because that started to irk me a little bit. And I'm like, no, I need to like, actually do it now.
So I began to, I began to like do that. Whenever someone told me something, I'm like, no, let's, let's get after it now. I remember like I was at work when I first lived here at Western Michigan. I was working in the athletic office, and uh, the person sat next to me, she had like pain somewhere or something. I'm like, oh, I'll pray for you. Oh, she's like, oh, oh, she, she asked me to pray for her like later. I'm like, oh, no, let's like, do it now. And she's like kind of uncomfortable about it because we're in the middle of the office. I'm like, don't worry about Amy. We'll pray for this thing. But oh, it's, just, it's just answering and doing it because if we can, have, we can have as much as him as we want, and if we're not going to step into who he is, we're, we're not going to have it. And oh, I forgot about, I forgot about these, these guys until like a few weeks ago. But the, the people from Pennsylvania, the Quakers, they, are, they were nuts. They, and like how they even got their name. They, they would sit and sit and sit and wait till the presence came upon the house. And then when it did, they began to shake and quake because the glory was so much there that they didn't know what to do. They just began to shake. And I was joking with a few people like a few weeks ago. I'm like, what happens if I just lock the doors in the church? I'm like, who, who would stay? Who, who would try to get out? Like, it's a joke, but like seriously, who, who would stay? I mean, it was, I convicted myself about it. I'm like, after a few hours, would I want to leave or would I want to sit here until he moves? If I knew he was going to move, you know, it's, we can have it, but are we willing to pay the price of it? And just, you don't see that in the American church. You don't see, you don't see the American church starting that way. And there's, there's no, we get too consumed with worship music. Oh, is this song good? Is the lighting cool? Is this message going to really, you know, be motivational? Or we're, we're going to take things out of context and add stuff, all that kind of stuff that just twisted so much of the Western church. And it's so sad to see. You hear about the, the underground church in China. You hear about crazy things happening on the other side of the globe. But something in America, we, we have taken entertainment into the church and have twisted his presence. And it's, we need to come back for him. Like prayer, that's him. That's, there's, no, there's no music. There's no someone telling us what to do. It's just him and us. If, if we can't spend time with him, we can't have, we're, we're not going to see these things happen. We need to just get rid of the distractions, get rid of whatever it is, and just come for him. Then we can, we can bring our list to him after that, you know? But we need to, we need to come, come, come for him. Come for him, and then communally we'll see things happen. Again, like I've said, we can have revival if we want it to, but are we, are we willing to press in? There's no doubt in my mind that well, we will see it, that we will see it. We'll see him break out. We'll see him do signs, wonders, miracles, but as a, as a body, we need to truly step into who he is and pray from that place of knowing his heart, praying that will, and not giving up. Like Waymaker. Uh, even, when, even when it doesn't look like you're moving, you're still moving. And we, got, we have to, in our mind, that has, that has to be like locked in there. That has to be like constantly going through our mind. Even though I didn't see this once, it's going to happen. Like, I'm not sure I'm going to show Angie. Is that cool real quick? 
All right, sweet. Um, Angie, uh, we've been praying for, you know, for months and months for her, and nothing didn't seem like anything was happening. So we get these texts like, oh, like this thing happened. This thing happened again. I'm in my heart, I'm like, Lord, like what the heck? Like you're calling us to do this thing, but then like, was it a few weeks ago, a month ago? Um, things, be, things began to happen. We just get positive report, positive report, positive report. And then we prayed before she went to, was it Alana? Alana went to visit her and she, just, she didn't look good, to be honest. She did not look good. And then a few weeks later, Lee sends us this picture and she is bright as day, like, oh my goodness. Her completely different from what she looked like weeks before. It was, I was so filled with, oh, with joy, with like thanksgiving for him. And I'm like, if we keep doing this, cancer's gone. It's, we're just gonna declare that right now over Kendra and Angie, cancer is gone. And that just brought so much, not to the word, but this is like faith and like joy in knowing who he is. Like, yes, you, you are listening. You are listening, you, you are like hearing us. And it's gonna even make me fire, up, fire me up even more to continue to contend for her, contend for anyone else, and whatever it is, because I've seen, I've seen him answer it. When we see our prayers answered, it just builds up that fire, builds up that faith. And when we're praying from that, you know, like when I've seen this one thing happen, I know I'm gonna see it again. And not, not doubting ourselves when it doesn't happen. Like if, when I begin to, I, when I started praying for healing, like I wouldn't see things for a little bit, you know, and it bothered me. But then one time I saw it, I'm like, heck yes, like let's go. Then I'm like, I want to do it again, and and then I kind of listen to some things. I'm like, well, like, I, I can't be discouraged. I can't be discouraged when I don't see it happen. And like we, I don't think we know what it's gonna exactly look like when revival awakening breaks out. But so we, since we don't know, we I think we all. I'm not sure we all think, but like, we've just seen where it's been like one big thing happen, and we don't know what it's gonna look like. So like. We can't expect that because it's he knows what it will look like. He'll do all that. So we can't be expectant of like, oh, this is what exactly what it's supposed to be. And if I don't see this, then it's probably not it. But it's like continue praying for it. Like whatever you whatever you want to do, Lord, whatever it looks like to you, we'll we'll pray. We'll be here. It may look different from what we think, but we know, we know you're going to deliver it. We know your glory is going to fall. We know, we know we're going to see a billion soul harvest. We know, without a doubt, these things are going to happen. And it's whatever, however you want to do it, do it. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. That's, that's most of what I got. And I think the biggest thing when I was praying, he just said for us to sit in his presence. Um, and I don't, Jill, I don't want music for like 10 minutes. I just want us to sit. Um, in 10 minutes, you can go up however long you feel. But um, I know it, it, may be it may be challenging to sit like silently, but I think it's going to make it it's uncomfortable. It's not what we're used to. But like when we're comfortable, it breeds like contentment. And we don't need contentment in this. In, Christianity at all, and we're not we're not going to see these things happen because if we come become complacent, content of where we are, 
we're just going to be where the, the Western church has been for a while, just, just here. And we need, we need a change. We need a change. So it's a time like we take that action. Be uncomfortable. Do things we wouldn't normally do. Step outside of our box. So as, as we like, however you want to be set up, if you want to lay down, if you want whatever you want to do, do it. And Jill, 10 minutes, um, whenever you feel led to go up. So just begin just to press in for his, for his, for his face. Begin just to picture the throne room. Picture him. Picture who he is. Recall those, those times where he came and like was faithful to you. Recall the times where he was good. Bring back those things to your memory, you know? Go in for him. Press in for his presence. Press in for, his, for who he is. And let that just sit and just stir within you the new fire to be built up within you. We love you, Lord. Um, I thank you for, the, for everyone here, Father. I thank you for what you've done in everyone's life, Lord. Thank you that you, you, are, you are healer, you are provider. You are good. Father, we just stand in agreement today that you are, you are moving in this place. You are changing nations. You are changing states. You are changing cities. We corporately just, we just cry out. We cry out for your presence, Lord. We cry out for your presence. We say, come over at Siegel and Plainwell. well.